This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Once again, we hear another story featuring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone, nighttime reporter for the Chicago Star, who saves a woman who has a secret, a secret so alarming that she tries to commit suicide. In tonight's show, you'll find some great acting provided by Joan Banks in the lead role and the actress who portrays an old lady, Miss Dietz. She's certainly noteworthy. Here, then, is the episode that was first aired in 1950, I Know Your Secret. Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. Stories start in many different ways. This one started with a secret. A secret that ended with the river. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. To most people, nightlife in Chicago means slumming in the honky-tonks, a fast tour of the taverns, or a ringside table at the Shea Paris. To me, it's more than that. Nightlife is made up of the stories that happen in the lives of ordinary people that wouldn't happen in the light of day. And I've got headlines to prove it. It's the time when darkness can hide the ugliness of dirt and misery, or the gloom can make it worse. Those same shadows that are a big help to Cupid can be a cover for crime. And some little thing that today caused fear, tonight can build into despair. This was a night for driving, cool and clear with a suggestion of spring. It was dusk when I started, what I intended to be a short drive, but it was late when I turned back to town. I hadn't spotted a story and none had caught up with me. At Oak Street Beach, where Lakeshore Drive turns and Michigan Avenue begins, I quit kidding myself that I could find a story on wheels and headed for the paper to park my car. I was just approaching the bridge when I saw the girl standing on the rail, her arms held rigid at the sides. I jammed the brakes and stopped within 20 feet of where she stood, and then as I opened the door, she jumped. Hey! I ran to the rail and vaulted over into the icy river. There was nowhere in sight. Hello! And then she came up so close that her shoulder brushed against me. 
I grabbed him and started for the bank. Let me alone. Let me alone. Look, lady, let's get out of the water. Let me alone, please. Please let me alone. You know what they teach in life-saving? If the victim resists, I want it to get rougher. Come on. No. No. A little farther. A little more. There. Climb up. Climb up. There, that's better. Why did you do it? Why did you do it? They know. They know what? What are you talking about? They know my secret. They know my secret. You can tell me about it in the car. Looks like I'm going your way. We stumbled up the bank and under the bridge. People were starting to gather at the rail. I put the girl in the front seat of my car and I pulled away fast. I hated killing this man. The girl huddled over against the door, shivering. She didn't make a sound until we crossed the bridge. And she began to cry. (laughs) Want to tell me about it? All right, you've been a hero. Why don't you let me alone? Look, I'm only trying to make it easier for you. Strangely enough, when you try to take your own life, it becomes a matter for the police. Oh, no. Does that frighten you? I don't want to see the police. They want to see you? Why don't you mind your own business and leave me alone? I want to help you. No one can help me. No one. Nothing's ever that bad. Just seems like it. That's easy to say about somebody else. Well, I know it wasn't very original, but neither is jumping off a bridge. Uh, Are you a detective? No, no. I'm just a guy. Why did you go in after me? Oh, I saw you jump just as I drove up. Reflex, maybe. I was in the water before I had time to think. I guess I do owe you something. Now that's more like it. I'll settle for a cup of hot coffee and some dry clothes. I can make the coffee. I don't know about the dry clothes. Maybe the janitor can find you some. (laughs) It's quite a trade. A cup of coffee for my life. One of us is getting gypped. She talked after that, and I could tell it was to keep me from asking questions. I couldn't make her out. If she was still angry, she didn't show it. It was a reaction I'd never seen before. She wasn't happy or unhappy. It seemed more that... Well, did you ever see anyone who was resigned to living? I drove to the address she gave me on Walton Street. It was a better-than-average apartment house, a good district. No clues there to suicide. She even joked a little as we reached the front door. Sorry, I must have left my bag in the river. Oh, the, the janitor will let us in. Must be pretty exclusive here. I hadn't noticed it. Why do you say that? Only three names on all those letterboxes. Well, that's all there are. Wanda Rhodes, that's me, and, and Miss Henrietta Dietz. Etta lives across the hall. And Judson. He died seven months ago. Then there are only two people living in this big building? Well, it's the manager, but he's hardly ever here, and the janitor, why? Well, maybe you haven't heard there's a housing shortage in Chicago. Don't tell me the house is haunted. No. No, I guess not. I don't get it. What do you want? Oh, let us in, Lucky. I lost my key. What happened to you, Miss Rhodes? You were all wet. Oh, she had an accident. She was walking on the pier, and she slipped. Oh, uh, this is... Randy Stone. Yes, he helped me out. Could you find Mr. Stone some other clothes? I need something dry to wear home. I'll bring them back. I don't know. Well, anything will do as long as it's dry. Here's a deposit. 
Till I return your clothes, you can keep it as rent. Well, all right. Walking on tears tonight, bringing home streams from the inbound. Are you feeling better? I'm beginning to, Mr. Stone. Randy, hmm? All right, Randy. Let's get that coffee, huh? Oh, all the comforts of home. <gasps> what is it, Wanda? What is it? Look, in lipstick on the mirror. I know you're sick. Oh, it's there again. All right, easy, baby, easy. Sit down here with your back to it. That's better. Now, what's it all about? I... I can't tell you everything. But tell me what you can. It'll do you good. All right, I'll try. At, at, at first, it, it was typewritten notes. What do they say? That. I know your secret? Yes. Go on. The first one was yesterday. No, no, the day before. It was slipped under the door. Wasn't signed, of course. Oh, no, none of them were. How many notes have you had? I don't know. They, they were everywhere under the door in my mailbox. I even found one in the laundry. Say anything about it to anyone? Oh, no. Not... Not to you. You you don't understand. Yeah, I think I understand. Who else knows about this uh, secret? No one. No one here in Chicago. What else happened other than the notes? There were the sounds. But I I can't be sure about that. What sounds? I may have imagined it. Notes got on my nerves, I guess. I I began to hear things, you know, boards creaking, footsteps... I'd hear something outside in the hall when I'd open the door that there'd be nothing there. Imagination can do strange things. I tried going out to get it off my mind, but that made it worse. I dreaded coming home. I knew what I'd find. You let those notes drive you... Then there was the phone. There was no mistake about that. That began late this afternoon. Hello? 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 Hello, who is this? to do. I'll fix you. I'll leave the receiver off the hook. There. That'll settle that. All the crazy things. Well, ring. Go ahead. See if you can ring now. Oh. Hello. This is the service operator. Is your receiver off the hook? Well, yes. Are you using this line? Well, no, but you see... Then I must ask you to hang up your receiver. Operator, let me explain. My phone keeps ringing. When I answer, there's no one there. There is a party waiting for your line. Is it a man or a woman? I'm sorry, we cannot give out that information. Will you please replace your receiver and see if your number can be dialed? Oh, all right. Hello? 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 
please? Oh, I, I want the service operator, please. I will ring the service department. I am ringing. Service operator. Oh, operator, something has got to be done about this phone. What is your trouble, madam? Well, I just talked to you. You made me hang up my receiver. Oh, well, that must have been another operator. If you'll tell me your trouble, I will have it checked. Look, my, my, my phone keeps ringing and ringing and ringing, and, and when I answer it, there's no one there. I, I, I can't stand it. My nerves are shot as it is. I, I can't stand it, I tell you. Well, the trouble may be in your phone. Well, of course it's in my phone. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If the trouble is in the instrument, it cannot be checked until morning. Morning? Well, what am I supposed to do until then? I can't stand here and listen to this thing ring all night. We will send a service man as soon as we can. Yes, yes, you just do that. But until he gets here, this receiver stays off the hook. I'm sorry, madam, you cannot do that. Why not? Just see if you can stop me. I'm sorry, madam, you cannot do that. Who does she think she is? Oh, hello. This is the service operator. What do you want now? Is your receiver off the hook? Yes, my receiver is off the hook. You know it is. I told you I was going to leave my receiver off, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm sorry you cannot do that. Can I? Well, who's going to stop me, I'd like to know. Your number is on a four-party line. When your receiver is up, it stops the service on all the lines. I must insist that you replace your receiver. And what will you do if I don't? It's my duty to see that the lines are open. I will have to keep ringing until you do. Oh! <laughs> Hello. Hello, hello. The phone kept ringing and ringing until I guess I went a little crazy. I grabbed my coat and ran down the hall. When I got to the front door, I found a note pasted on the glass. I know your secrets. I I don't know just what happened after that. I I remember running and that cold water. Is there someone who would really want to harm you? Yes. I, I don't know. All right, we'll see. You should be getting out of those wet clothes. Come on now, find something warm and dry. Oh, what about you? Well, hold on. Does that answer your question? I think that's my tailor now. Now go in and change and knock before you come back. What? Yeah, just like that. Oh. Oh. Here's some clothes. Oh, you must be the man from Sears. Hmm? Oh. What's that? There's something you can do for me, Pop. My name's... They call me Lucky. What is it you want? I want the names and present addresses of some of the tenants who used to live here. What do you want that for? I want to ask them why they moved from here. What business is it of yours? It's not. I'm just curious. Oh, uh, that ain't in my department. Uh-huh. Will this uh, help you find that information? Mm, sure easy with your money, ain't you? Well, put it away. It won't do you no good. First place, I don't know where they moved. Second place, I can tell you why. I go myself and I had any place to move. Why did they move? Because this is a crazy house, that's why. People walking around all hours, a peeping and a prying. You wouldn't be meaning that for me, would you? No, no, for you. Wandering all over they was. Top floor, this floor, even in the basement. I saw him a-looking and a-searching. Searching for what? I ain't a-saying. Tell me what you mean, Pop. Uh, Lucky, you can tell me about it. There ain't nothing more I'm going to say excepting this. 
Just heed, mister. You don't get in somewhere you can't get out of. Live. You are listening to Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. There I stood in a strange apartment, wringing wet with an armful of shabby, faded clothes and a door slammed in my face. Well, I wonder what that was all about. Must be as nutty as a candy bar. Just heed, mister, you don't... Yeah! Can I come in now? Oh, not yet. Lucky Yeah. Who are you talking to? Oh, myself. It's getting me, too. Okay, come on in. What's getting you to, Randy? This house. Next, I'll be hearing things. You don't believe me? Oh, sure, sure. I believe most of it happened. The rest was the product of fear and panic. What about this, this uh, Henrietta? What's her name? Etta? What about her? Think she'd know anything? If she doesn't, it's not her fault. She tries to keep an eye on everything. Well, maybe I should get my stories from her. That's a gal I want to see. Come on. Not me. I wouldn't be caught dead. <gasps> yeah. All right, you make some coffee. I'll be back. I stepped across the hall, rang the buzzer. There was no answer. I rang again several times. I knocked, and I waited. And then I heard it. Sounded like someone in trouble, someone moaning. I put my shoulder to the door at the same time I tried the knob. The door opened to my touch and I almost fell into the room. There in the center of the floor swayed a little white-haired lady and she was singing. In her hand she held a typewritten note. When she saw me, she smiled pleasantly. Hello? I'm sorry to break in like this. I, I rang. Well, come in. I see you got a note too. What? That note. That... Oh, this... Oh, yes, isn't it exciting? Here, see? I know your secret. What? I know your secret. Speak up, young man. Don't be afraid of me. I know your secret. Oh, you do? Then you must be the one who sent this. Do you have one? Oh, dear. Just a minute while I fasten my aid. Now, uh, what did you say? Do you have one? You needn't shout, young man. I can hear perfectly well. Now, what is it you want to borrow? Do I have one what? Do you have a secret? <laughs> a secret? I thought you said you knew. All right, look, let's, uh, let's start over. Now, I walked in. You were holding a typewritten note in your hand which said, I know your secret. I read the note. I did not send it. Is that clear? Why, yes, it seems so to me. Uh, what is it you don't understand? Miss, uh... Dates. Miss Dates, do you have a secret? Young man, I am 60. Uh, that is, 58. I taught school for more than 25 years. I am not deformed nor disfigured. There are those who even caught me attractive. <laughs> is it so hard to believe that at some time in my life there has occurred one event that could be called my secret? Well, has there? Not that I can think of. I should have known better. All right, thank you, Miss Dates. I'm afraid you can't help me after all. Well, try. Ask me something. All right, okay, okay, once once more. What can you tell me about the tenants who were here, the last ones to move? Oh, I can tell you plenty. Now, there was that Mr. Taylor. He was a traveling man, and you know how traveling men are. Okay. Yes, then there was that Mrs. May. 
That one, she spent a fortune on psychiatrists, but that didn't keep her from drinking alone. <laughs> you know, she would draw the shades. She said it was her eyes. <laughs> and she would come out for three or four days. <laughs> Do you know why they moved? No, I don't. I know where they moved, though. Yes, I, I have it right here. <laughs> there, here you are. Thank you, yes, thank you. Now, let me tell you about No, that. no, no, thank you, Miss Deeds. I know when I've had enough. Wanda had coffee made when I got back to her apartment. It was strong and hot. Wanda sipped and watched me. I drank one cup and I started on another. See her? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you tell me? I tried to. I feel like I'm playing hopscotch. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, this this whole thing is out of my line. I'm pulling out of it. Oh, well, that's just damn. Oh, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is a matter for the police. I don't want the police to know anything about it. And I say that they should. If you've committed a crime and you're hiding, go to them and get it over. If not, they have detectives who can clear this up. No. I, I haven't broken any law. But there'd be publicity. I've seen it happen before. Pictures, names in the papers. Okay, okay. All right, it's your ball game. We'll play your rules. I'll go see what I can find out from the ones that move. You are going to help me? Sure, baby, sure. Promise me you'll stay right here, hmm? Oh, I won't try it again. Once was enough. I started with the nearest ex-tenant, Mr. Taylor. He answered my second ring. He was wearing pajamas and street shoes. His body was moving, but his mind wasn't. Yeah, uh, what do you want? Mr. Taylor? Uh, yeah, I'm Taylor. May I come in? Oh, sure, come in. Well, what do you want? I want to ask you about the Walton apartments. Wal Walton? Who are you? Why did you leave the Walton apartments, Mr. Taylor? What are you getting at? Did you receive threatening notes? Yeah. Typewritten. What do you know about them? Was that why you left? Because someone knew too much? Take off, mister. I'm not buying. Were there phone calls, too? Calls when no one answered? You don't know when to quit, do you? First notes, then phone calls. Now in person. So you're the one. The one what? The one that drove you out? Proud of that, aren't you? You're pretty busy with that typewriter and that phone. Well, now I'll take my turn. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You got that wrong. Oh, you're the one that got it wrong, mister. I shouldn't have moved in the first place. I didn't write those notes. Yeah, I suppose somebody sent you. Well, I don't care which way it is. I got a message you can return. Now, listen to me. I listened long enough. I listened to that telephone, remember? I did not do... You want to back out. Should have thought of that before you rang my bell in the middle of the night. I'm trying to help. Help? Oh, that's a new one. I don't know what you want, but this is what you're going to get. Will you let me explain? Sure. Come back any time. We'll talk about secrets. For a traveling man, Taylor had a good right. I don't know what he sold, but it must have been heavy, for his arm was in good condition. When I came to, I was lying in the hall in front of his door like a watchdog. I was convinced that Taylor was not interested in my explanations, so I went to see Mrs. May. I knocked several times at her door before it opened a little way. She looked at me and started to close the door again. I stopped her with my foot. She was in cream and curlers. I could have chinned myself on her breath. What do you want? I want to talk to you about the Walton apartments. I don't know anything about them. Who are you? I'm a reporter, Chicago Star. No, I don't know you. You get out before I call the police. I wouldn't do that, Mrs. May. Why? The Walton apartments, remember? The Walton Apartments. Why did you move? There's no law against it. What business is that of a reporter? Did you ever receive threatening notes or phone calls? Oh, I... I just wanted to move. That's all. 
So I did. Mrs. May, I know your secret. You. You're the one that sent those notes. You're the one that rang me all day and all night. What do you want with me? You can't blackmail me. I'll go to the police. I'll put a stop to this a year. I'll put a stop to this. So you did receive typewritten notes. Man, not the papers. I'll do anything, anything you say, but don't print anything in the papers. What do you want? Mrs. May, I I'll pay anything, anything. Only don't tell my secret. And all the time, I thought it was her. She watched me all the time. I was ashamed of what I'd done, but it was the quickest way, and there wasn't much time. I apologized for the ruse and the shock it had given her. When her alcoholic brain finally understood what I was saying, she turned her back and started for a tray of bottles on the table. I used her phone and called one. No, no, don't call Wanda, anymore. I'll do what? anything, but only please don't call anymore. Wanda, please. Wanda, it's Randy Stone. Everything's all right. I'll be right over. Mrs. May didn't hear me when I left. Wanda was near collapse when I reached her apartment. Her phone had rung almost constantly since I left there, and it was still ringing. Randy, that phone is driving me crazy. All right, let it ring. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I gotta get out of here. Maybe that would be better. I'll take you to a hotel. You can stay there the rest of the night. Pick up your things tomorrow. No, no, I've gotta get out of this house. I won't live here with just a loony old woman and a snooping janitor. Okay, baby, okay. I'll ring for your trunks. The the, the house phone? Use, Use the house phone over there. Okay. Do I press a button? No, no, just lift the receiver up. He'll answer. I guess he isn't there. Oh, Pop, it's Randy Stone. I'm in Miss Rhodes' apartment. Will you bring up her trunk? She's moving out tonight. Okay, Lucky. That phone! That phone, I can't stand it. I've got to answer it, Randy. I've got... It stopped. Randy, it stopped. Yeah. It nearly had me stopped. Sometimes you look right at a thing and you never see it. It was there from the very beginning, but it was too easy and I refused to see it. I met Lucky at the door and helped him carry the trunk into Wanda's apartment. I closed the door behind us. What's that for? Why'd you shut the doors? There's another trunk out there. We won't be needing it, Lucky. But you said... She's that... changed her mind. She's not leaving tonight. But, but you said she was moving. Why do you want to drive the tenants to move? I don't do nothing. It was them, the, the people, around at all hours, uh, peeping and prying. Are you hiding something, Lucky? You. You've been snooping, too, just like the others. I saw them down there, and you, too, Miss Rhodes, trying to find out where I hid it. I don't know what you mean. Ah, you can't fool me. You found out about it. I saw you snooping in the basement, pretending you was doing your laundry. I know you want to steal it from I've me. I've never stolen anything in my life. I don't know what you're what talking about. What did you steal, Lucky? What did you steal and hide in the basement? I didn't steal it. I found it. Found it? Well, the same thing's finding it. It was in that suitcase Mr. Judson stored here when he came back from the war. It was Luke. It weren't his. He stole it. I didn't. What was it, Lucky? A bag of jewels. A plain old canvas bag of jewels. Oh, they were so pretty. I never had nothing so pretty before. If you took them from his case, that's stealing. But I didn't. The case got knocked off in the basement and come open. He, he never come back. He was killed in that plane crash. That makes it mine. Now, don't it the same as I find it? You were the one that was phoning me? Sure. 
I knew if I could scare you off, you'd quit snooping. And I would have, too, if that nosy newspaper guy hadn't butted in. But how did you know about my secret? Uh, I didn't. Then why did you type those notes? I knew you had a secret. Everybody has one. And if you thought I knew about it, you wouldn't tell about me. You didn't know anything about Wanda? No. When I tried the first time, the people moved. And that gave me the idea, so I've been doing it ever since. Lucky. That's what they call me, lucky. And now your luck has run up. No, it ain't. This was in the bag, too. A gun? Yes, Miss Nose. Your loaded gun. Oh, oh, what's that? It's the phone. I'll take care of that gun now. Oh, no, no, not again. All right, baby, I'll answer. Hello? We have been able to check your line. We cannot locate your trouble. Oh, yes. Uh, thanks a lot, operator. You can cancel the complaint. We've located the trouble right here. Oh, an operator. Get me the police. Well, there it is The story of what can happen when guilt starts eating a man's insides He didn't intend to hurt all those people, but he did He just happened to hit a sore spot they all had And Wanda's secret was something very small, but she'd made it important. That's not so hard to do. You can hold a dime in front of your eye and black out a whole city. Pretty good writer once wrote, Thus doth our conscience make cowards of us all. <laughs> yeah, I guess everybody has a secret, something they'd rather nobody else knew. That is, everybody except you and me. <laughs> yeah. Copy, boy. Nightbeat, a new dramatic series, stars Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Tonight's script was written by Joel Hunt. Nightbeat is edited by Larry Marcus and directed by Warren Lewis. Music is by Frank Worth. The part of Wanda was played by Joan Banks. Others in tonight's cast were Jeff Corey, Martha Wentworth, Betty Lou Gerson, Colleen Collins, and Will Wright. Frank Lovejoy will next be seen in Milton Sperling's production, Rock Bottom, released by Warner Brothers. Stay tuned for The Life of Riley, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for William Bendix, starring in The Life of Riley. Feel for a beautiful smile, the life of Riley for laughs. Teal, T-E-E-L, Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice. That's it, T-E-E-L. Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, brings you the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. <laughs> Remember, friends, for beautiful smiles, it's T-E-E-L, Teal. And just for laughs, it's R-I-L-E-Y, Riley, in the life of Riley. <laughs> A good many of Chester A. Riley's headaches arise from the fact that he takes such good care of everybody else's business. Even Riley's mother, who is here in California for a short visit, is not exempt from his meddling. Our story opens with Riley and his 16-year-old daughter, Babs. 
No use, Babs. You can't have another lipstick. You've got a lipstick. But, Daddy, all the kids are getting the new lipstick. It's called Tantalizing Red. The ad says, Today, Tantalizing Red Lips, a sign of sophisticated beauty. That's today, huh? <laughs> well, in my day, girls didn't need no lipstick. They just ate hamburgers with lots of ketchup. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't sophisticated, but it sure tasted better. Don't be an old fogey, Daddy. Nowadays, all girls use makeup. I know a girl that don't use makeup. My mother. You don't see her putting paint on her lips and shellacking her claws with red varnish. Well, after all, Daddy, Grandma's 60 years old. Yeah. I'm getting prettier every day. Okay. Uh, I'm in here, Mom. Just take a look at your grandma if you want to see a girl that don't buy her good looks in a paint store. Oh, Riley, your mother has something to tell you. Yes, sister. Guess what? Wait, Mom. Stand just where you are. Bad, ain't she beautiful? Just like a painting by Whistler's mother. <laughs> oh, go on with you, you big ape. Listen, I just had a Don't letter. talk, Mom. Just let me feed my eyes on a real <laughs> Yes, sir, I'm proud that I look just like you. You don't say. Mm -hmm. My problem is that I look like you. <laughs> you see Grandma's smooth complexion, bed, And look at her hair, white like snow. Well, Mother Riley never notices my hair. <laughs> Maybe it's because when I washed it last night, I put some extra glue in in the water. <laughs> Mom, you didn't. There, you see, even Grandma has her little tricks, Daddy. Mom. Shock. The next thing I know, you'll be wearing bobby socks. Remember, son, when a woman stops trying to look her best, she's got to expect her boyfriends will leave her for someone else. Mom, that's no reason for you to wear blue hair. <laughs> you ain't got no boyfriends. Oh, is that so? You see this letter? It just came. From an old bow of mine. What murder? Writing a married woman after she's married 40 years. Especially when her husband's away at sea for two years. Three years. Poor pop. Can't turn his back for three years before his wife gets a letter from a wolf. <laughs> Don't you read it, Mom. I did read it. And guess what? This old fame of mine is coming here to see me tomorrow. Nothing doing. Any old flames come around here, I'm blowing them out. <laughs> no, you won't. You'll be as nice as pie to him. Mom, think what you're saying. You're married. Write and tell him you got a big overgrown son. He knows all about you. But he likes me anyway. <laughs> now, listen, Mom. I'm head of this house. Riley? I mean, next to you, Peg. <laughs> I won't stand for my mother and fight me. something tells me you better mind your own business. But I'm always trying to run everybody. I'm your mother, and I have none of your lips. But mother, please. Sit down. <laughs> I give up. It's a losing fight. <laughs> It's your neighbor, Waldo Benny. Oh, uh, come in here in the garage. How are you, Waldo? Oh, my aching back. 
trouble with your wife again, Waldo? She's always insulting me. This morning, she called me a pinhead. <laughs> Said my head was the size of an atom. And then she tried to split it. <laughs> well, I got woman trouble, too. My mother. No, Mr. Rock. Uh, Not that sweet little white-haired lady. Don't let that hair fool you. <laughs> On her head, she may be white-haired, but in her heart, she's still a redhead. <laughs> Tomorrow, she's stepping out with a strange man. Oh, no. I can't believe it. It's true, but don't get me wrong. She don't mean no harm. Oh, of course not. No. She's probably just dazzled. Uh, tell me, has your dear mother any money of her own? Well, I think so. Once I noticed a hole in her mattress, so I peeked in and there was George Washington staring at me. <laughs> ah, so that's what the scoundrel's after. Take my advice, Mr. Riley. Send for your father immediately. I can't, Waldo. He's out in the ocean sailing around on this tramp steamer. He's the head tramp. <laughs> You know, the captain. Mr. Riley, he's the only one who can save your mother. Do you know the name of the port your father last visited? Well, last week I got this here postcard from him. It don't say the port, just the street address. See? 150 West Longitude. <laughs> well, that just means that he's in the middle of the ocean. If only Papa was here. Oh, my. It's the same old story. An absent husband, a lonely wife, a slick scoundrel with smooth talk. <laughs> oh, Father, why don't you come home? Yes, a sad story with the usual ending. Divorce. Divorce? Well, gee, I never thought... Divorce? That's awful. Especially for the children. Uh, what about the children? Well, the parents share the custody. The child spends six months with the mother and six months with the father. <laughs> oh, well, that's terrible. My father's on the ocean all year. <laughs> I get seasick. Waldo, i got to do something to keep my mom and pop together. Well, uh, I have an idea. Now, uh, try and remind her of your father. Uh, leave some of these things around in her room. Little items with a sentimental value. And that'll remind her of their years of happiness together. Yeah, I know what. I got an old shaving mug of Poppy. I'll put that on her dresser. And Pop's old corn cob pipe. When she smells that, it's bound to bring tears to her eyes. That's it, Mr. Riley. Now, you must save your mother from this terrible fate. I'll do it, Waldo. I'll do anything I have to do to protect the sanctity of the home. <laughs> Mother, maybe you better tell Riley who your letter's from. I will not, Peg. I was going to tell him. But then he got sassy and practically accused his own mother of... Well, I'm going to teach him a lesson. And don't you tell him either. And don't tell the children. They'd blab. <laughs> well, it's your affair, Mother Riley. I'll stay neutral. The nerve of them suspecting me of shenanigans. Any boy but Chester would know that the man who's coming to see me is his own father. It's a good thing my mother's out shopping. Now, let's see, Waldo. Oh, first, we'll hang up this swell picture of my papa. 
Lucky I found it in the attic. There. My, your father's got a nice face. Yeah. When your dear mother sees that picture, she's bound to break down. Now, uh, uh, what do we do with your father's mug? Well, we just leave it. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean this shaving mug. Uh, uh, put it in Mama's dresser drawer. Oh, yes, all right. It's nice to read other people's letters when they start off, dearest Mabel. Well, that must be the letter Mama got from this wolf. Well, of course, I didn't read it at all. <laughs> well, that's good. It ain't nice to read other people's mail. And besides, she's my mother, so I'll read it. I'm only reading it for her own good. Exactly. I'm only listening for her own good. <laughs> my dearest neighbor, now after all these long years, I'll be holding you in my arms again. You are still my beautiful wild rose, and pretty soon now your honeybee will come buzzing around again. <laughs> only a Skunk would write a thing like that. <laughs> Your dear father will thank us for this. Feed some more. You'll never know, Sugar Plum. Mr. Riley, somebody's coming. Huh? Oh, it's Mom. Here, take the letter. No, you take no, it. No, you take no, it. No, you take oh. it. What's this? What are you doing in my room, Mr. Binney? I, uh, well, your son invited me. Who? Chester, what are you doing in my room? Waldo invited me. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean uh, is this your room, Mom? Well, let's go, Waldo. Just a minute, Chester. What's that in your hand? My letter. You've been reading my letter. No, no, I didn't read it. You came in too quick. <laughs> I mean, I just saw the beginning. Mom. Well, read my private mail of all the low, snooping things I ever saw. Well, uh, I really must tear myself away. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, me too. I stay where you are, Chester. Yes, Mama. Now you look here. Wait, Mom. Look, before you say anything more, just look at that picture on the wall. What picture? Holy smoke! What on earth is that? <laughs> Mama, that's Papa. That's the man you're married to. Well, for heaven's sake. I thought he looked familiar. <laughs> Look, Mom, you've been my mother ever since I was born. <laughs> Look at Pop's picture up there. Look at his dear old face. Blow the dust off him. He looks as if he was lost in the fog. Mom, just look at that face. That forehead, so, so strong. That nose, so, so intelligent. And those eyes. One on each side of his nose. <laughs> and his ears, one on each side of his head. Mom, that's the face you took, for better or worse. That's the man you promised to love, honor, and obey. Ah, the Chester. It isn't what a woman says with her lips. It's what's in her heart that counts. Mom, you mean you didn't mean it when you married Pop? And you stayed married for 40 years? I might as well tell you, Chester. There's only been one man in my heart for 43 years. You mean this whole life that's coming to see you Saturday? Don't you be calling your... He's no low life. The man who's coming to see me Saturday is the only man I ever really loved. Oh, Papa. <laughs> 
40 years of married life, and in the end, all you're getting out of it is me. <laughs> oh, Papa, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. We left Riley stunned by his mother's statement that the man who's coming to see her tonight is the one love of her life. Actually, the man is Riley's own father, who's been away at sea for three years. But to teach Riley not to jump to conclusions and meddle in other people's affairs, his mother is holding back that important fact. Right now, Riley has a plan to make his mother see the error of her ways. But, Pop, I don't get it. Why do you want to sing that song to Grandma? Look, Junior, it's time you learned that if you don't ask me questions, you won't get a foolish answer. <laughs> you play that song and sing with me and Wago like we rehearsed. Do you think the song will do the trick, Mr. Riley? I don't know, but I want to keep reminding Mama about Papa before it's too late. She's in the kitchen, so we've got to sing loud. Go ahead, Junior. Fish for your father, who's a great guy. A is all the stuff he done for mom. T for the touch he's always good for. H is for a husband, not a bum. E that stands forever, he will be true. Water is wrong, he's never done to you. Put them all together, they spell Papa. <laughs> oh, Mama, take him back, please do. Oh, for heaven's sake, Chester, will you stop that crazy yowling? <laughs> yowling? Mom, didn't you even hear the words? Don't you feel the sediment? They're the silliest words I ever heard in all my born days. Now stop this racket. I've got work to do and you're giving me a headache. Aldo, no use trying to soften her up. we got to figure out how to keep this wolf away from our door. What wolf? Uh, never mind. Go out and play, Junior. <laughs> There's some things it's better for a young boy not to know. Aw, oh, can't I stay and get the inside dirt on Grandma's new heartthrob? <laughs> Junior! Oh, okay. I'm going. I'm going. Waldo, well, there ain't much time left. Ain't you got some idea to keep this guy away? Well, we might prepare a booby trap. We could rig up a thing so that when he steps on your welcome mat and presses the doorbell, he'll get electrocuted. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. We... No, 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 we can't do that. Our electric bill is high enough already. <laughs> oh, think of something else, Waldo. Well, I've got a book full of ideas for booby traps. I'll go home and get it. Yeah, well, hurry up. There ain't much time left. Meanwhile, I'll lie down and try to figure out how to mess up this guy when he gets here. Oh, I'll see who it is, Waldo, on your way out. All right, Miss Riley. Oh, hello. Who is it, Waldo? It's your friend, Mr. Odell, the undertaker. Friendly undertaker. Greetings, Riley. You're looking fine. Very natural. <laughs> oh, uh, hello, Digger. Flat on your back, I see. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Relaxing is an excellent thing, but you're not doing it properly. I'm not? What do you mean? I'll show you. Here, let me fold your arm. 
<laughs> Never mind, Tigger. I'm getting up. I... <laughs> Riley, I can see something is troubling you. Yeah. Tigger, why can't married people get along without trouble? Because a man always insists on marrying a woman. <laughs> At times, they're unreasonable creatures. I remember when I first got married, my wife, Lily Fern, objected to my digging in the garden. Uh, that's just like a woman. Makes a fuss when a man wants to plant a few vegetables. Oh, it wasn't vegetable. <laughs> you see, at the time, I was taking a course in the Mortician's Academy. And they give you homework. <laughs> Tell me, Riley, did you have a little tip with your dear wife? Oh, no, no, no. It ain't my wife. It's my mother. Ah, mother. Silver threads among the gold. Sitting in a rocker, crocheting antimacazars. Sweet, simple, and serene. I adore mother. <laughs> they're so gay. So uh, sometimes they're too gay. Digger, you won't believe this, but there's a certain party who's trying to make time with my 60-year-old mother. It's terrible. I know just how you feel. I remember when father expanded his undertaking business and got an assistant. The assistant tried to win mother away from him. Oh, what did your father do? Plenty. He said to him, look here, you... Gad, if you don't leave my wife alone, you'll stop being my assistant and become my customer. <laughs> it nearly yeah, but... scared the life out of him. <laughs> yeah, but my poor father's thousands of miles away. Then, Riley, it's up to you to do something. You bet I will. I'll tear him apart. No, no, Riley. In dealing with your mother's tutor, dignitat is the key word. You must see this rotter before he gets here and reason with him. Lure <coughs> him to some rendezvous. Yeah. Yeah, that's an idea. And I know where. Waldo's house next door. You see, Waldo's house is 1315. Mine is 1313. All I got to do is switch numbers, and when he comes looking for my address, he walks right into our trap. Good. And then I'll lay him out. <laughs> Verbally. When I get through telling this home wrecker off, he'll wish the earth would open up and swallow him. Riley, the earth never opens up to swallow you. You have to help it. Believe me. <laughs> okay, fellas. Everything's set. I switched the numbers. Excellent, Riley. Now, listen. This home wrecker will show up any minute. Now, you know what to do, fellas. I'll be hiding in the kitchen. When he comes in the front door, you grab him. And then I make an entrance and face him with my face. That should, <laughs> that should frighten him. I better put out the lights now. My, it's dark. I like the dark. Listen, listen I hear somebody coming up the walk. It's him. I'll get in the back now. Remember now, fellas, no rough stuff. Oh, no. If I hit him, I might hurt him. <laughs> Ready, Waldo? I'm opening the door. Good evening, mister. Step in. Mr. Babu, don't you recognize a Posen's mate, junior grade? <laughs> Where's Mrs. Riley? Ahoy, Mabel! Not so loud. Come inside. She ain't in the sick bay, is she? 
Give us a sounding. Is Mrs. Riley aboard or ain't she? Lock the door, Waldo. Avast there! Now we got him. Got who? Me? Why, you barnacle bottom scuffer wash, you trying to sing? I me! Lie down, sir. I mean, uh, sit down. <laughs> Go on, get in this chair. Cast off, take your grappling hooks off of me, or by the great horn spoon off. <clears throat> he broke my nose. Ah, foul your figure at, eh? Hey. Now for you, you pale-faced porpoise. Hey. How do you like this? No, he broke my high hands. I'll hang you from a yard arm, you scurvy sea scum. Help! Help! Let me out of here! Get out of my way, Waldo, you coward! Good day to you, sir! Come back, you swabs and fight like men! Tell us! Tell us, I said no rust of you. Papa! Ahoy, Chester! I run into some foul weather. Papa, when did you get home? Didn't your mother tell you I was making pork tonight? No, she... I... Where is she? Mabel! (laughs) Hit the deck! (laughs) She ain't here, Papa. She's next door in my house. And what are you doing here in this deadfall? (laughs) Come on, let's weigh anchor. Oh, wait, Papa. I'm all mixed up. I was expecting another guy, and we set a trap for him. Ah! You mean them two wharf rats was friends of yours? Yeah, but, Papa, this other fellow was trying to cut you out with Mom. He wrote her a mushy letter about, about holding her in his arms, and he said he was her hunting bee. What? That's what I wrote her. <laughs> so, you've been reading my private mail, have you? <laughs> oh, you, you mean it was you? You mean Mama ain't going to divorce you? Of course not. What a revolting development this is. (laughs) Now I'm beginning to get my bearings. Chester, come forward. Uh, Now, Pop, I I was only trying to look after your interest. I can look out for myself. But for suspecting your old lady of flirting, I'm going to give you a keel hauling. (laughs) Papa, don't look at me like that. Papa, what are you taking off your belt for? Chester, heave your ball across that chair. Let me see your stern. <laughs> no, Papa. Don't spank me. I'm going on 39. Don't spank me. Don't spank Mama! We'll be back in half a minute. Millions have switched from toothpaste or powder to teal and have thoroughly enjoyed the change. You, too, will like teal's refreshing flavor, its lively action. But most important, teal protects teeth from cavities. Cavities ground in at the gum line by daily use of toothpaste or powders containing harsh abrasives. Teal cleans teeth without abrasives, avoids the risk of such cavities. T-E-E-L, teal, the safe. Liquid Dedipus. Well, I hope you learned your lesson, Chester. Uh, I sure did, Mom. If you didn't, I can still give you that keel hauling you talked me out of, you big 
barrel of Bilgewater. <laughs> Gee, Pop, you, you talk like you don't like me anymore. Oh, Stuart, I like you as much as ever. You're a fine-looking boy, kind of son any father would be proud of. You just happen to be a little short on brains. <laughs> now, how can you say that, Papa? Why... Why, everybody who knows me says my head is my strongest point. <laughs> Procter & Gamble, makers of Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, invite you to be their guest next week to hear the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. William Bendix appears by arrangement with Hal Roach. The Life of Riley is produced for Teal by Irving Brecker and is directed by Don Bernard. Music by Lou Coslow. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. Riley's mother is Jane Morgan. Junior is Scotty Beckett. Babs is Sharon Douglas. And Waldo is Dink Trout. Riley's father, Captain Riley, was played by Henry Morgan, who appeared to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, producers of the Technicolor picture, Lever to Heaven. This is Ken Carpenter on behalf of Teal, inviting you to listen again next week. And remember, for laughs, it's R-I-L-E-Y, Riley. And for lovely smiles, it's T-E-E-L, Teal. Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, protects teeth beautifully. for the life of Riley next week, same time, brought to you by Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice. And now, stay tuned to this station for Truth or Consequences. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Box 13, starring Alan Ladd, followed by Life with Luigi. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.